been a little while, huh, Abby? What have you been up to? Well, well, I went to Canada for like three weeks uh-huh. for conventions, and also my boyfriend lives up there. You went to see your boyfriend, who is not a scarecrow. Much to my dismay. <laughs> Look, I have considered there's like this really cute, you know, scarecrow outfit that I could buy him from a movie from Nightbreed, like the creepy David Cronenberg character. Wait, this is you real. Get that outfit. This is a real thing that you've wanted to, what? Yeah. Yes. Look, it's not a weird fetish thing, Maddie. Is it not? Are you it's sure? Just, I mean, some people buy, like, really nice dresses for women and are like, wear this, it would look really nice on you. It's the same thing. It is not. Or, you know, somebody might, want, like, buy a cute pair of boxers for their boyfriend and be like, wear this, please. A scarecrow costume does not fall into that category. And it's you not. Know that. A, it's a mask. It's just a mask part. And oh, just a mask. Suit. Oh, so much better. Creepy scarecrow mask, fancy suit. You're a weirdo. Oh no, why does this keep coming up? (laughs) I also did a Kickstarter. That's probably done at this point that this is going up. Thanks for that, everyone. Good job. We did it. Thanks for making it so that Abby can keep being her. And I can get this sweet book in my hands. Nice. I'm pretty excited. Also scared, but I'm fine. I've done this before. So Maddie, how about, what's, tell me about your life. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I've been selling a lot of cheese. Just heard that I may get to go on a business trip to Germany, which is cool. Whoa, with the cheese? Uh, no, with uh, the other stuff. <laughs> what is this? Why does your job keep changing all the time? I literally have a different job every year, which is bad for my resume, and I probably should settle down and stop being such an asshole, but I just well, hate jobs. I hate them all. You're in your early 20s. This is when people skip around jobs to find the good job. I'm approaching my late 20s. Everything sucks and I don't want to do anything. All I want to do is I'm just going to marry rich, murder my husband, and live off of his money. And sell cheese. Wait, do you not like to sell cheese? Oh no, I like to sell cheese. It's fine. Like, uh, do you remember there was once in the heyday of the internet, which I guess is still happening. I don't know. In the heyday of the early internet, pre-Twitter. Do you remember, what the fuck is the name of that comic? Toothpaste for Dinner. Ah, Toothpaste for Dinner! I guess Toothpaste for Dinner is still a thing. The guy wrote a book. It's a really weird book, but I kind of like it. I would expect. Um, He also wrote an incredible series of tweets. Meet me at the blank if you want an ass kicking. (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah, it's pictures of him with sunglasses on in front of a thing, and he's like, meet me at the thing if you want an ass kicking. And it's the greatest series of tweets. But I wanted to tell you about a comic that he drew. It's just a guy, and he's like, oh man, I kind of liked this job for at first, and then I realized it takes two weeks for every single job to turn to shit. That's I remember that the forever. truest thing. I mean, you just have to push through it into the part where it becomes kind of bearable again, but I'm just wondering if this is just the state of capitalism. I was actually thinking on my way into work today, because of course I was like, wow, I'm miserable. I'm on my way into work, and I work at a company that's like straight up out of a fairy tale, you know? Like, they give you free snacks, we have kegs in the kitchen, like, you can do whatever you want, basically. Like, a lot of people work from home, it's an open office, the only thing we can't do is bring in our dogs. You get to wear whatever you want. It's a lovely place, but I hate, well, okay, I don't hate it, it's just, I hate the work, or like, I hate the fact that I have to go and work is the worst. What if we all just lived in an agrarian utopia where we did have to do work, but it was with your hands and stuff, and you grew food for, like, your communal house, and everybody had great dinners in the evening with big hunks of freshly baked bread and, like, homemade beer that they had made in the brewery in the backyard, 
Doesn't that sound much nicer? But then I wouldn't be allowed to just stay in my house all day and draw comics, so I haven't, I can't do You that. would. Artists would be employed. But they'd be like, that artist, she don't do shit. She doesn't even make a bread every now. Well, I mean, I do make a bread you every do. now. You do. You make okay, a bread. Okay, I would cook, I would cook, and I would draw comics. And those are valuable things in my, you know, utopian society that would never actually exist, where everyone's happy all of the time and nobody ever complains. Would we have computers? How would we have computers? We that wouldn't would be have so computers difficult. is the thing, because computers but... are a source of anxiety. Aww, it's true, though. True. Think about it. When my phone was yeah. broken, my phone was broken for a week. I dropped it in a toilet. I felt amazing. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm free. Like, no one the can reach me. Freed you. And I have the perfect excuse. It was great. Thinking, I'm thinking about a world without internet. Yes. How would people what? praise me, Maddie? I they need would have to constant praise you with their attention. In person, which is better. It's better. No, it's better. Horrible. Would, wouldn't you? I wouldn't be able have to get the sheer numbers. One fan like recognize you in the street and be like, "You're fucking amazing." Then a thousand tweets. Uh. Okay, a hundred tweets. This is hard. Ten I don't tweets. want to think about this. I feel like ten tweets. tweets are worth one person in person. So, yeah, no, I get it. Like, the thought of Twitter sometimes is just like, uh. Yeah. Like, like, recently I wanted to talk about, I was talking about buying clothes while being a fat person and how it's, like, fucking impossible. Tell me about it. I went to, like, five stores to get a jacket. Yep. Nobody had a jacket. There was, like, one store that had a single jacket that kind of fit me, but it was $200. Meanwhile, there were, like, other jackets that were on sale. No XLs, only smalls and extra smalls. And I was like, okay. Okay fine oh no they weren't even on sale they were just cheaper but anyway i was talking about that on the internet and then every time you do that you get a bunch of skinny people who are like oh i have this exact problem i know exactly how you feel i'm very thin it's so hard for me and i'm like uh i don't think you do get it yeah because walking into a store you can still put on some damn clothes you can get those clothes safety pinned or something to make them fit a little better but for me i cannot even physically put on an item of clothing in these stores i walk in and i'm like i guess nothing here for me and then i walk out and that's how i do my shopping anyway not that they don't have problems like it's not like they have perfect lives so i'm like every time i tweet about please don't talk to me about this problem people are like oh she thinks that problem isn't real she's a horrible person (laughs) you can't really express all the nuances of a thought and like express yourself very easily in 140 characters it's just not super even even in an essay it's tricky yeah like they're just like just the tone of it like people like just typing in general people don't know what your tone is you can be like hey I'm really sorry. I don't want you guys to feel bad, but please stop coming to me as a skinny person and telling me you get my fat people problems. And then they're like, how dare you tell me to remain silent on my issues? And it's like, I'm not. I'm telling you not to talk to me on my issues about your issues, please. Another thing that Twitter and the internet as a whole sort of opens up to me is just the entire horrific monstrous world of things that I should be worried about. Like, I'm, I already, I mean, our entire family, I think, tends towards the anxious end of the spectrum. And so just having this, like, constant, I honestly think that we look for it. I honestly think that we kind of like it and want it. Because, like... Uh, I don't think so. No, I think we do. Because, you know, there's, like, a little bit of me that's just, like, feels justified. Like, I look through it and I'm like... I should be worried and afraid and scared every single second of the day because look how horrible everything is. Speaking of which, this movie... I have recently, though. Oh. Oh, right. So we watched a movie this week, everybody. This week we watched a film called... Oh, we didn't even say the name of the podcast. 
Okay, well, welcome everyone. Our podcast is called the Sister Time Podcast. We watch the shows and movies that time forgot. And this week we watched a film called Once Upon a Forest, a Hanna-Barbera original animated film made in the year 1993. Delightful. Yeah, and it made me feel terrible. Well, you feel bad about this stuff a lot. I feel bad about the environment. We I discussed feel constantly this. bad about the environment. It's and honestly, oh yes, of course. It's at least mildly to blame. Like movies like well, this I mean, from our childhoods are at least partly to blame for that. Like Fern Gully and all that bullshit. I had so many thoughts. Okay, wait. Can I say the plot of the film first? Say the plot of the film. In this film, a gas leak causes a young badger to fall ill, and it's up to her three friends to travel across the dangerous wilderness to retrieve the herbs that will help her heal. That's it. So here are my thoughts. It's that as a young child, if you watch something like this, which I did a lot, you become absolutely, at least I became completely overwhelmed and paralyzed with guilt at what people have done and continue to do, and also helplessness. Because realistically, when you're like seven, there's not a whole lot that you can do. And the movie kind of knows that. Basically, what I think it's trying to do is plant a seed in your brain that's like, feel bad about the environment so that when you're an adult you make responsible choices but i feel like all it does when you're like seven years old is make you feel impotent which is something that's like so harmful (laughs) like the feeling like just like i what am i gonna fucking do about giant trucks filled with poison gas running off of the road there is nothing as a seven-year-old that you can do about this. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could be one of those amazing Girl Scout type proactive fucking tweens who go out and like campaign their neighborhood to clean up oil spills or whatever. But I, most of us are not that person and most of us are just going to become overwhelmed with a sense of being incapable of stopping the horrible destruction of our world. Because even the stuff that the Girl Scouts do, it's not enough. It's not enough. Nothing is enough. It's not enough. That's basically what I learned when I was a kid is, like, as a kid, no, you can't stop it because adults don't actually care. I feel like they're trying to make kids be like, no, the tiny mole babies. Like, we care about the animals not getting killed. Adults ruthlessly murder generations of animals just as like pest control and it's just a fact of life and it's basically not discussed and it's also kind of a thing where it's like no you should kill the bats in the attic it's important whereas a kid would be like do not kill the bats in the attic this is part of the reason why everyone hates us because though if you have bats in the attic you could get fucking rabies but then it's like what is one human life to like a bunch of bat lives i don't know animals aren't fucking people like i feel like that's part of the problem with a lot of these movies is that they have these characters who are human and we are murdering them they're you know they're little badgers and whatever but they still they're sentient but they're important even if they aren't like humans maddie but they didn't tell us that did they they didn't get that across in this movie well there's oh my god that reminds me of like there was this uh post i did about my snake and i was just like i love my snake even though she is basically incapable of loving me back (laughs) and then this one person was just like i love the comic but i hated your ignorant comment like how dare you say that snakes can't love and i'm like it's okay that she can't love (laughs) clearly i don't care like, it's just the way that she is. If you put this standard on an animal that it's going to absolutely love you back and not be kind of scared of you <laughs> by default, then you're just putting an unrealistic standard and, like, projecting onto this animal. It's okay to realize that animals are not just like people and that it's, like, it doesn't make them less valuable. Yeah. Like, once you figure out, as a kid who grew up on Fern Gully and movies like this, once you figure out that, like, no, animals can't 
like they aren't actually little families and they aren't actually like wearing clothes and you know reading books and stuff i feel like there's kind of this like oh well what were all those movies about then it's you know if it's actually okay to just like for example we have a raccoon that definitely lives in our basement like that is kind of dangerous and also probably we should do something about that but no like, you should leave snacks for it maddie you should leave snacks this for is it. what i told probably, you in the like, email five-year-old me if you asked her would absolutely be like no don't you dare touch that raccoon meanwhile it's like well what if it bites us in our face while we're asleep well, current Abby says, don't you dare touch that raccoon You make that raccoon a snack, my sister. <laughs> but it's not going to bite you on the face. They're nice. I mean, it might. Eh, but who cares? You'll who be cares fine. if a raccoon bites you on the face? Say, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm basically just, like, pulled in a thousand directions by stuff like this. Because it is just kind of like, obviously animals aren't people. The message that they're trying to get across is one that is kind of, like, on a more visceral level than that. Like, they're trying to say, like, no, don't destroy the forests. But as a kid, you're just now being introduced to the idea that someone is doing that. Someone is out there just, like, wrecking shit. Like, destroying little badger homes. You know, tearing down trees and displacing thousands of birds. This is all new. There was one time on the subject of guilt that, like, uh, do you remember a time when they were going to, like, tear down a little chunk of wilderness that I particularly liked, like, on our way to school or something? And I wrote a letter to the mayor that was just like, yes. Mayor, don't you dare tear down those trees. Because it was a big, like, kudzu yeah, it was like area. A kudzu so it was, I called them, like, the tree animals, basically, because yeah. the kudzu takes over a tree and it looks kind of like a different shape. And, and I was just like, a bunch horrible. of dinosaurs. Like, that the kudzu is killing the tree. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it's that. still, it's a living creature. And I was like, I love it and it's great. And please don't tear it down to make buildings there. And they were like, eh. And they made buildings there. There's nothing you could do. What There's that nothing you could do to stop these people. Don't even that try. taught me that nothing I do helps, and that is why I have a much different approach to it nowadays, which is basically like, well, this sucks, everything sucks, we're all gonna die someday. The end. Like, we are causing the sixth mass, ex- mass extinction, and that's just happening. And it is, it's just gonna happen, and now we can't stop it. It's too late. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to the Sister Time Podcast. <laughs> we love to have a good time. So let's uh, discuss some of the characters from this film. We, just, we should just start calling this the nihilism half hour or something. Isn't it great to be apathetic about the world <laughs> after giving up? I love to give up. God, I should so, just eat as much food as I want. I keep on being just, like, maybe I should like eat yogurt for breakfast and like be healthy. And it's like, no, you never know. Eat an entire pizza. You might be dead tomorrow. That's a nice approach to life. <laughs> Seems great. I like to plan out my pizza excursions. Uh Then I have something to look forward to in life. Because everything else is so hopelessly bleak. I love my job. I'm sorry, everyone. Thank you for joining for us. Sister Chat Podcast. Okay, (laughs) so the main characters, the main character of this film, her name is Abigail. Oh, her name is Abigail. Her name is Abigail. That's my name. How dare she steal it from me? She's a tree rat. I guess she's Um, supposed to be a mouse? Yeah, she's supposed to be a mouse. She's huge. They're all the same size. The thing about this movie, it's one of those where all the animals are the same goddamn size. And I'm like, like, stop it. A badger and a hedgehog and a mouse and a mole. And a mouse. Also, I don't think they know what badgers eat. Badgers eat worms. No, badgers love fucking hedgehogs. Wait, I should rephrase that. Badgers love to eat hedgehogs. (laughs) I don't know if they love to have sex with hedgehogs. I don't know about that. So, like, even if they did eat worms... 
aren't the worms maybe also sentient in this world where all animals appear to be sentient? Like, yeah. the lightning bugs are, like... They probably have some, like, lots of racist shit about that. They're just like, eh, worms are nothing, so we eat them. You know, whatever. Worms are nothing. <laughs> Speaking of which, okay, so... It's a little, well, I guess it's a little early to do highs and lows, but I just want to get this way out of the way because I fucking loved that weird-ass bird funeral scene. At one point, these little creatures, we got the tree rat, we got Edgar the mole, he's the smart one, he looks very soft, and we have this little hedgehog guy who loves food, of course. There's always the obligatory fat-obsessed, or food-obsessed fat character. Anyway, (laughs) but they all happen across a bird funeral, all these birds are, like, churchgoers, and they're all singing really well. All of the, like, singing in this movie is super Very good. good. songs. And then they walk up to him and are like, excuse me, minister, uh, we're lost. And then he says, say no more, children, I hear you, and then ushers them into a pew. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so cute. And I got it at the end. It's his flock, you see? That's why oh, they're Oh, that's birds. why they're birds. Oh, so cute. Oh, that's so cute. They're all, like, mourning, and then we pan over, and this little... Like, baby bird is just stuck in the mud up to his knees, and he's like, bye, mom. (laughs) And they're all like, oh, there he is. Our poor little boy, he's dead now. And it's like, oh. His name was Bosworth. Highly recommend. And then, then of course, our main characters are like, uh, we'll help you. And then they immediately get him out of the mud, and the birds go nuts. They're like, oh, my God, this is wonderful. We're all saved. And then they have a musical number. It's very nice. So all of these little characters are taught by this old badger. Uh, he has a short temper. Why is he in charge of children? Yeah. I don't like him. But, like, his first response is always to just get mad at them and be like, oh, how dare you kids? And then that's kind of how he calmed them down, was to be like, how dare you? You put all of our lives at stake, even though it wasn't that bad. Uh, it was just, and then they were just like, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll do better next time. And I'm like, if I was yelled at by a thing that could eat me, I would just curl up into a ball and cry. Anyway, but I guess he's beloved in their community, so yeah, that. That community, which, by the way... I be, like in the beginning so you know you have this truck that hits a glass bottle in the road and that punctures the tire which a somehow stretched belief but then Fucking it like tips what? over and of course it's a tanker full of literal poison gas like it has a thing on the side that just says poison gas which is like you know the poison gas that we use gas for uh, whatever to, yep. you know to fill your your home's tank with the necessary here he is, the poison neighborhood gases. poison gas man. Here he is. Children, come gather round. He's here. Know, Hooray! Um, but yeah, so he, so the you know the thing tips over, and he's he. We hear him say like, "Oh no, I'd better go get help," which is unnecessary, and seems like it would be strange for him to say anyway. Well, no, because he was running away, so it might seem like he was just abandoning it there. Well, we want to make sure that you know he's not just a fucker who's leaving his. Not poison gas mobile behind. Fun. His idea of a fun time is like abandoning his truck full of poison gas in the middle of a lush woodland. It gradually leaks everything out, and we see it like go into the little homes of all of the animals. Did everybody just and die? It also like kills every plant that it comes in contact with, so it's like, uh, I don't what? know. Any and then gas they get that, that you would yeah, like, no. have in a truck. It's poison gas, Maddie. Have you never seen the poison gas man? I'm sorry you were robbed of this in your childhood, but uh, <laughs> uh, our heroes come home 
to find that everything in their entire meadow is dead. Including this their little, parents! So this little skunk baby, skunk badger child, is like, my parents, no! And then runs down into her burrow. We gotta go save her! And so our lead character goes down and saves her from the horrible poison gas and sees that, yes, indeed, her parents are dead. <laughs> and we see it, and it's like, there they are at the table. They're dead now. They didn't make it out. Yes, and so this little skunk baby, skunk badger child, Michelle, gets really sick because of the gas, to the point that apparently... Her eyes are burned. Like, the guy says, we need to get herbs to fix her burned eyeballs. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, God. So Edgar the Mole, while he was leaving, like, when he was leaving first thing in the morning, he was his mom was like, give me a kiss before you go, sweetie. And he's like, no time, mama. I gotta go get learning. I'll kiss you when I get back. And then to myself, I was like, hmm. So he's not gonna come back, huh? But I didn't expect it. To be that his mom fucking died, well, and he would is, never be able to kiss her again. That, of course, that she doesn't, is the thing. They yeah. keep us guessing until the very end. And then, out of nowhere, all of the parents come out of the brush, and they're like, oh, we were here all along, except... And they extended, like, the families as well, because the hedgehog had, like, right. eight siblings or whatever. And it's like, oh, God, did all of his siblings die? But no, yeah. they're fine. Except, of course... For the badger parents. And she's just like, all the mommies and daddies are coming back. And then she's like, where are my mommies and daddies? Oh my god. Of course, the other badger, though, is like her uncle or something, like her great uncle. So she's not totally alone in the world, but I mean, that guy's a dick. It was and he's old. Rough. Like, I was kind of like, I'm surprised that the parents are actually going to die in this movie that otherwise, like, pulls all of its punches. I loved it. I cried. So, but I mean, as we discussed last time, we cry at, like, fucking everything now. Yeah great i love to cry do you think you would show this to a kid do you think you would show this to like a five-year-old i feel like that's the market yeah i'd show this to a kid you would absolutely i feel like i hope this would like just get so creep them out yeah i mean i want maddie i want to raise them on worse than this if i ever have a child i'm going to show them hellraiser but we were just talking about all of the anxiety we were just talking about planting the seed of hating yourself and humanity yeah well it's gonna happen they should. They should hate it and themselves. They should hate everything and become little. I think it's important to feel a little bit guilty, but I mean, also, it is difficult to know if, like, maybe we would do a better job if we hadn't been introduced to it in such a way that it was like there's nothing you can possibly do to save this kind of deal. You lose that little childhood hope pretty fast. Oh god! And then maybe if you didn't, you would actually do more when you grew up. I don't know. It's hard to know, but hey. It's hard to avoid this kind of message in films, but yeah, I would show this to a child. I'd be like, your parents could die any time, kid. Wow. Oh, that's awful. I'm sorry, edit that out. Oh, no. No, it's, I mean, you know, it's basically the message of this movie is, you know, anybody could die at any time. Always kiss your mother goodbye. It's true. Oh, this is what I would do when my kids were leaving. I'd be like, hey, kid, remember, I could die from poison gas right now today. Mm-hmm. Better appreciate me, child. This is why I'll never have any babies. Yeah. I turn to my cat all the time, and I'm like, I could have never rescued you, baby. (laughs) My horrible cat. I could have just left you, but I didn't. She was so cute. Yeah, you're going to be amazing. And I regret it. She spilled her litter everywhere somehow today. She spilled her whole thing over, and there was poop and litter all over my floor. You don't have a cat. I love my cat. You have a tiny, ugly tornado. Hey, she's a beautiful tornado. How dare you? I don't know. I think she's ugly because she pooped next to my head one time. <laughs> okay, yeah. That'll do it. I could have uh, so... rolled over and, like, gotten <laughs> my face in it. I would have literally died. 
I'm so sorry for what has happened. They'd have to put in the obituary, died of cat poop on face. I wouldn't have a sister anymore, but I would still have that cat. It's fine, because we're all, you know, we're all gonna die anyway, so. It's true. Aw, but you shouldn't die for a while. I like you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Please, please stay around so that I can live with you. The only person I can live with. The only person? The only one, Maddie. What about your precious cat? Does she not count as a person? See, this is no. what, this is how these anthropomorphic animal movies really fuck you up. Like, I'm really glad that Redwall never had humans in it. Like, I'm really glad that there was never, like, a, oh, the humans are coming kind of thing. Because I feel like it would just have ruined my life. I thought Watership Down was much better about the not, like, anthropomorphizing them too much thing. Uh-huh. Because they were very distinct from humanity. Their thought processes were a little bit different. Mm-hmm. They were, like, clearly a different thing, and I liked that a lot. Speaking I love Watership, of Watership Down, Down, the end. Remember how I was talking about that cat thing? Do you remember the how cat. I was talking about the cat, Watership Down? Yeah, the weird cat. I don't know if I remember you talking about it, but I know I the cat. I was totally talking about it, voice. and someone remembered, and I totally for. I think it was actually the person who said we should watch this. I have no idea. There was a person who emailed us, and she told me what it is. It was called Tail Chaser's Song. So stay away from it. I now you know what it's called. I mean, it was, it was, it apparently was almost made into a movie, but then, like, at the last minute was not made into a movie because it's really Too sexy weird. for cinemas. I mean, they did make Felidae into a film, so. Felidae? It was the one that I was trying to remember, that I was like, is it this one? Because Felidae is the one where there is a sexy cat scene. In fact, the cat has sex with another person. I mean, wait, with- cat. A cat. And it's like this whole thing where it's really, it's, they show the whole thing. I'm like, Okay. Because it's animated. It's like a, gosh, it's from Germany, maybe? Anyway, and it's about how there's some kind of horrifying superior race of cats who wants to wipe out the other ones. Oh, oh no wonder it came out of Germany. Oh! <laughs> uh, anyway, it's also like a noir detective with a kitty cat in it. With a cat, but also sex cat, but also Nazi sex cat. So, Abby, want to do your highs and lows? What was your high? There was this owl. There's a part, of course, there's always a part where, like, a bunch of small rodents have to run away from a scary owl. This is one of my favorite scariest owls I have ever seen. And it is a barn owl, and it makes the noises the barn owls make. And I'm like, whoa, they actually fit the right vocalization with the right owl. They would have to pick barn owls because they make sounds like death monsters. So this is like a horrible death monster owl and it takes our main character, Tree Rat, up into a tree and she almost escapes but then she drops something and then it turns around but it's just its head, its head turns around and I'm like, yes, you made use of the owl. Like if I were a kid, probably that would like surface in a nightmare somewhere. Why do so many movies want to make, like, they want to make these predators more monstrous so they do stuff like give it a scar or something. So this one had like a big scar through its eye and its eye was like blind so no wonder it was so bad at catching a little mouse it's because it had only one eye that worked and i'm like oh i'm just gonna starve to death soon bad for the owl so my low was how mean that badger was to those kids made me very uncomfortable (laughs) this badger's just gonna go off on him at any minute he did go off on him quite often i expected him to be like one of those little you know little teachers because they seem like they're about to have a good time with him but then he's just like you are the worst class i have ever taught I hate you. <laughs> and there was one part where it was like his life's work. There was like this little flying contraption. And then uh, they try to catch it because it like goes, I don't know, haywire or something. And then accidentally squish it. It's not even their fault. And he's like, ah, oh, that was months of work and you all ruined it. And I'm like, no, stop it. 
Oh, that reminds me. I totally forgot to discuss. So they find a little field that's full of other animals, and they're all a bunch of racists. Yep. And then there's a little boy tree rat. And then the little boy tree rat and Abigail the tree rat both make eyes at each other. Those sex eyes that they did in cartoons in the 90s. It was, like, way too sex. Too much sex <laughs> eye. Don Bluth did that a lot. Like, he was very good at heavy eyelids. And I'm like, stop it. These children have sex eyes, and I don't like it. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, I gotta go save my friends. So then they fly away on their flying contraption. And the boy rat is like, bye. And they never <laughs> see each other again. Yep. It was so weird that we had that, though, because it was clearly like, ah, there's the boy rat for her. But then it was just like, oh, there they go. They're gonna kiss. No, oh, they don't even learn each other's names. Yeah, they, <laughs> I don't think they, oh, no, they know each other's names. At least he knows Abigail. What's his name? Uh, the shirt boy. Shirt, shirt boy. <laughs> So, like, some of the characters had clothes. Some of them only had, like, a top clothes. Yeah. Some of them had the most clothes, and then some of them were naked. And I'm like, what is this society? <laughs> Clearly what they're, is... like, comfortable with a certain level of nudity, which, honestly, we should be also, so. Well, they're fluffy, so they don't have to see weird parts. Right, yeah. If we had fur, probably we would be much cooler with being naked. Was How was your highs and lows? Give me those, please. <laughs> Let's see. All right. So probably my, so I know my low, which is the like horrific sinking feeling of being a part of the destruction of nature. Okay. Um, my high was probably the like singing of the birds was so great. Oh, yeah. Like just like oh, the man. little weird musical number. Cause there was only one musical number. The movie's only about two. an hour long. So they didn't have a lot of time. There was the one where the old badger was like, oh, I'll sing about the time or something, which is actually very pleasant. He oh. had a nice singing voice. Maybe I skipped that one. I probably should go back, but I did like the bird one. Also, I have no idea what kind of birds they were supposed to be. Yeah. I guess they're supposed kind to be of like marsh birds. marsh birds. Yeah. Like they had like long legs and kind of, I think they were like woodcocks maybe. They they seemed kind of maybe like they were supposed to be like swampy things. I don't know. Marsh hens or marsh, marsh hens. Marsh hens. Man, I ain't know about no swamp birds. I know about no birds. I'm not too good at birds. I know woodcocks are a thing because there's that one. I think this is a woodcock, but there's like this one little video of it beeping. It makes good beeps. I should. Listen. That's my story. I like it when birds beep. This is the best beep that there is. So what are we gonna watch next time, Abby? There are so many very kind, loving people who email us show recommendations, and I just want to, from the bottom of my heart, thank every single one of you for listening and for sending us stuff. We don't get the chance to answer everything that gets sent to us, but, like, this is my verbal answer to you. Thank you all so much for just, uh, why are you listening to this? You know, like, you could be doing so many other things. You could be learning how to knit. You could be gardening. You could be walking your dog. You could be playing with your children. But instead, you listen to me and Abby talk about a show that nobody cares about for no reason for so long. What? You guys are amazing. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Yay. Thank you. Hi, Travis. Hi. I know you from Twitter. Hi. Hi, Travis. We're going to do your show. Are you ready? We're going to do Shadow Raiders next time. Shadow Raiders! Looks like it's computer animated but you from know the what late it 90s. Is? You know so... what it is, Abby? It's a what? Canadian show. Ah, that means it's going to be not as bad, right? Yeah, that's like already right. bumped up two levels. Like, I, I think it's going to be great. We're so practiced at this. And we will see you guys next whenever we do a show. <laughs> we should really get more consistent. Now that I'm back in my hometown... Not hometown. The place where I have my microphone, at least. I'm going to go and eat my casserole because it's taunting me because it smells amazing. I will see you next 
time. Also in July. I'll see you in July. Yeah, but I'm moving. Okay. Thank you guys, and thank you to my Patreon supporters for being great and perfect. We love you. You keep Abby alive. If you have any show recommendations, be sure to email them to sistertimepodcast, all one word, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Bye. Bye. Once upon-